It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 289 of Locked on Raptors for third Wednesday? Wednesday, March 7th. Who the hell knows what day it is after what just happened? I'm, of course, your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked on Raptors where you can find links to every single episode. Uh, make sure you're checking out the, all the shows on the Locked on Podcast Network as well. There's 30 NBA teams uh, shows. There's 32 shows for the NFL teams as well. Locked on Fantasy with Josh Lloyd. Locked on NBA with David Locke and a whole whack of other hosts who do daily shows across that show now as well. Uh, find a show you like. Find a host you dig. And uh, subscribe to their show on iTunes. Leave a rating. Leave a review. All that good stuff stuff and it's very much appreciated and you can do that with us find locked on raptors on itunes leave a rating leave a review it takes no time at all it's uh very easy to help support the show and makes us more popular and more visible and all that stuff so uh thank you in advance for taking the five seconds that it takes to put down a nice little five-star review and like a few words of kind uh critique or feedback or whatever you want to do it's up to you uh, I'm going to breeze through the intros now because, holy crap, a game just happened. That was, uh, I wasn't going to do a podcast today because there's nothing to talk about and I was busy, but the Raptors very much warrant a podcast right now after beating the Detroit Pistons 121-119 in probably the craziest game of the season. Uh, and to break it down with me is our friend Vivek Jacob. How's it going, buddy? It's going well. I mean, for a little bit in that overtime, I was kind of just hoping it would end. 
but, <laughs> but, the, but the way that game finished, but I, I don't think I've ever seen an opening three minutes to an overtime period quite like that. Um, it seemed like there was every type of turnover possible. I think Sirot Zoe said the only thing that was missing was an eight-second violation. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, yeah, that was that was nuts. Um, and for Demar to finish it uh, that way, especially after the way he finished the fourth quarter, um, real feel good win for the Raps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's lots of like negative stuff you could take away from it, I suppose. But uh, for me, this was it's, the Raptors haven't had enough of these games this season where it's just like unadulterated fun, and you don't you kind of just forget about like the grander scheme of things. For a second, and you just like enjoy a really crazy drunk ass game, and this was exactly that. Uh, <laughs> the first half was like borderline unwatchable. The Raptors lost the second quarter, 36-18. Uh, Serge Ibaka was terrible. He got tossed in the middle of the second, which ended up being kind of the turning point of the game. Um, but yeah, the the second half was incredible. The fourth quarter was awesome. It was close the entire time. Blake Griffin was a monster that you could probably say that was one of his best games of the season, uh, at least with the Pistons. That he finished with. 30. 31 points. He didn't have anything else really across the board with 31 points. Uh, Andre Drummond with 10 and 21. Um, like it was a, uh, it was just a really fun game, and it was stupid at the end. The Raptors didn't execute super well. I thought their offense kind of stagnated a little bit. But when Demar Derozan's making every damn shot, who cares? Like I don't give a shit. I'm not worried about the process when. The fun is kind of taking over, and it's just like a really enjoyable game. And like I know some people probably don't enjoy it as much as like a blowout win, but give me close games like this over blowouts, especially after seeing blowouts for two months. Uh, this was just like a ton of fun from start to finish, but mostly just at the finish where everything kind of got super crazy and drunk and and kind of didn't make any sense. But uh, I don't know. Are, are you are you on the side of like enjoying these types of games more so than like blowing out the Hawks? Yeah, I mean, over the course of 82 games, you know, especially with the way the Raptors have played, you know, they're 28 and two now against teams under 500. So you you can't even say that you know that they don't come out you know in a professional manner and get it done. They've done that all season. The bench has been blowing teams out. The stars have been getting plenty of rest. Um, you know, some people might say you want to see these type of close games just against the really good teams for. I guess, you know, quote, unquote, a real test. But, you know, take it when you get them. And the Raptors got to practice some sort of crunch time offense uh, towards the end of the fourth quarter and in overtime. And uh, obviously the overtime stretch looked pretty bad for the first three minutes. Uh, but the end of the fourth, I, I liked a lot of what I saw in the final five minutes. You know, the ball was moving around. They were pushing when they could get the ball uh, off of defensive rebounds and sort of that semi-transition. And... Uh, you know, I think uh, there's that sort of big to big to big play between uh, Siakam and Valanciunas that didn't go down, but you know it was a good play. Um, just a lot to like, and obviously, I mean, can't say enough about DeRozan. That that dunk, I mean, Jesus man. <laughs> if that's the crunch time <laughs> offense, I'm cool with that. Uh, yeah. So I'm probably gonna have to like stick in the call from uh, Mark Jones. The the ESPN call is incredible. Um, th- yeah. This game was on ESPN, too. That's awesome. Like That's so fun that DeMar did this on ESPN. That that kicks ass. Yes, any time the Raptors can make Hubie Brown happy, I'm all for it. <laughs> he called the bench the bench people tonight, which is pretty fun. Um, 
but yeah, no, the the crunch time thing, I, I thought this entire game, like, the Raptors played pretty well offensively. The threes weren't falling, but they put up 40 of them, and I thought, especially in the first quarter, a lot of them are really good looks. They just missed a ton, and they weren't really falling, but, like... I thought the offense, I tweeted very early on, it was like the best 3-9 and nine start on offense that I'd ever seen. Like, they just looked really crisp, um, and Norm Powell looked like he was involved and like didn't suck. He was excellent tonight, actually. 17 points, 7-12 uh, shooting, 3-5 from deep. Like, he was a plus 12. Like, Norm was awesome, and that was really great to see. It's kind of another under, underlying feel-good story that probably would have been the story of the game before DeMar went nuts in the final quarter. Um, mm-hmm. What he finished with, like, 27 or 28 in the second half, like, in overtime? Like, that's that's crazy stuff. Yeah. And for him to have the assist to Fred in the corner on the final play, when, uh, you know, it felt like he was kind of forcing things a little bit in overtime, I guess. There was that one play uh, with, like, 30-some-odd seconds left that gave the Pistons the chance to go ahead late. Um, you know, the post up on Blake Griffin. Yeah, the post up on Blake Griffin, yeah. where he kind of got swallowed up. He like establishes pivot foot and then like kind of lost any sort of angle to throw a pass out and just put up a shot that never had a chance of even getting to the rim. Um, and then so it, that was kind of maybe where it was like, all right, hope he's not forcing it too much. And then he drives down. For a second, I thought he was going to go try to dunk it again at the end of more time, but he instead he just uh, dished it to Fred in the corner for the. I guess it was a long two that ended up being, but man. That was a, that was a, just a delightful game from Demar, man. Like, can you like? It's so hard to say like in the in the moment because he's had some in, incredible games, but like that this is has to go up there as one of his like three or four masterpieces, right? Because he shot so incredibly well, um, forty two points on twenty eight shots with eight trips to the line, eight of eight from the line. Like, I don't know. This has to go down as one of his most ridiculous performances, no? <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Yeah, it, it, it's right up there with the 52 he had against Milwaukee. I think just in terms of the opponent, you probably uh, you have to rank the uh, Milwaukee game higher. The fact that you know he got 52 on 29 shots here, he gets 42 on 28 shots, and you know he, I, I don't think he had an assist at halftime. And so to put up the points he did and still rack up another six assists, mm-hmm. um, you know that's obviously huge. And uh, yeah, in terms of the vibe of this game, it felt like. Uh, especially towards the end, like that game in New York last season, when Demar hit that buzzer beater. Oh well, yeah, yeah. The buzzer beater to just break New York's hearts, and uh, this felt a lot like that. And what you have to love on the play where on both on the dunk and the one to find Van Vliet for the three is how quick and how hard he pushed the ball, mm-hmm. like because the Raptors inbounded with about ten seconds left in the fourth. And you know what? Most of the time, you're probably going to see DeMar walk the ball up mm-hmm. and, and just sort of see what he can get. But he got that ball, and he went straight down the court. And that's what opened up the opportunity. And, you know, rest in peace, Anthony Tolliver. Oh, my God. Poor guy. Uh, Blake Griffin kind of let hang hung about the dry there, too, so he ended up bearing the brunt of it. Um, <laughs> the... 
what what oh so yeah sorry the point you're making about Demar pushing the pace I thought that was kind of the reason they ended up playing well in the third quarter as well like it was kind of a frantic third because they were just pushing it like crazy they were down of course like 14 I ended up going up by a one going into the fourth and uh, I, I thought a large part of that was just them pushing the pace like incredibly fast and the tempo was was just like a really fun pace to watch but also kind of frantic also kind of stressful to watch uh, some mistakes in there um, although the Raptors only had 10 turnovers in this game which feels low uh, but like Lowry he was, he was killing it in that third quarter he had 15 points and 15 assists as well and this is the kind of game like you can kind of it's weird to have to have the Raptors stars be their best players, but they were tonight, and I guess that's kind of what you save up for when you're playing them, you know, 25 minutes against the Hawks on a Tuesday night, or like just resting them for fourth quarters for the last month and a half. Um, you know, you kind of save up the sort of bandwidth for them to come out and have a game where they play 43 and 41 minutes respectively, and are and are very much the best players on the floor for the entire night, and very much sort of you know steer a comeback. Like we haven't really had to see. Kyle and Demar, especially together, like they'll have their own games here and there where they kind of lead the show. But for the for the two of them to play in concert this well um, in in a game where they really needed them to in order to come back, like I thought that was really impressive and, and really fun. And, and uh, it kind of reminded me of past days of the Raptors where it was all Kyle and Demar and there was nothing else that could really keep things up. And they, they needed it today. It hasn't been a, a, a recurring trend, but it, it was nice to see that kind of come back out once more. Yeah, and you know the the other things that you have to appreciate about this game is the fact that you know Ibaka gets ejected, uh, Delon Wright doesn't play um, in the second half. You yeah. have uh, OG who's still out injured, so obviously that was huge to finally get a big small forward uh, performance from Norman Powell. Um, Siakam, you know, sort of had that mini Draymond Green uh, game as well with eight point six rebounds, four assists, a steal, and a block. Hit hit, hit that corner three as well. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just a lot to like about this game. You know, haters are gonna say, "Oh, it's the Pistons. You should have. Uh, this, sh- this should have been a blowout victory." But guess what? Yeah. All six wins that the Pistons have had since they've got Blake Griffin have come against teams on the second night of a back-to-back. <laughs> that's that's an insane stat. I didn't, I didn't they're they're six that. and ten with Blake Griffin, and all six wins have come against teams on the second night of a back-to-back. That's wild. Um... Blake Griffin was awesome tonight, and I kind of, this game too, when you get a close game like this that's not against like a garbage-ass team, and it's a team that's kind of desperate, um, like you get some cool, interesting tactical stuff, which I we haven't really seen at all with the Raptors, because every game has kind of followed the same formula, and there hasn't been a whole lot in terms of like adjustments or anything like that, um, you know, the rotations stay very much the same regardless of the matchup, but... In this game, they were kind of forced into it with Ibaka getting ejected in the second quarter. And they went super small against Blake playing the four. And I really liked watching how they sort of approached guarding him there. And I like that you kind of get some reps in with CJ Miles playing the four. And it wasn't amazing by any means. Although I do think they were a plus in the very few minutes that they had that configuration on the court. Um, I'd have to go back and double check just the exact numbers from that stretch. But, uh, you know, it, it started off pretty rough. Miles couldn't handle Blake, but they kind of figured out where the help was going to come from. They might have had a, like a pretty, you know, loose whistle in terms of like diving in to sort of cut in and try to get steals off of Blake. And maybe there was some contact there from guys like Lowry and DeRozan, but it didn't get called. Um, but I thought that was kind of interesting 
interesting to watch them try to attack that problem and sort of solve it over the course of a few possessions where eventually they were just like funneling Blake into Lucas Nogueira. Nogueira was swatting shots away or, or contesting, or they had guys digging down. I thought it was kind of interesting to watch that play out, and I, it struck me because I haven't really seen an interesting tactical thing for the Raptors in a while just because everything's kind of been so much of the same formula every single game. Yeah, no, for sure. And it, yeah, I think one of the interesting things was, you know, Blake Griffin, yeah, he had a big game and he used that size factor, which was actually surprising because I went over this with uh, Duncan Smith previewing the game for Raptors Republic. And I was looking at Blake Griffin's numbers. His free throw rate this season is at 29% compared to 42 for his career. Mm-hmm. Um, he get, it, it, 37% of his shots for his career come between, within three feet of the basket. It's down to 20% now. So he's changed up his game completely. But, you know, it was almost like tonight going up against Siakam, going up against, you know, people that I guess he felt he could bully a bit, even with the, you know, offensive fouls that he was getting away with. Um, it really helped him. And um, that's sort of what helped, you know, create this great game. And, um, Drummond with his 21 boards, sort of, uh, you know, you can say that he had a great game. But Valanciunas was great too. I thought he had great stretches defensively, and that's why he was able to be on the court to close the game. Um, so, just a lot of you know, matchup things that happened both ways, and both teams did some interesting things, and uh, I think that set the stage for what we saw. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Is Jonas just, like, a good defender now? It's weird, but, like, he's, like, been kind of good for the last, like, two or three months. Like, he hasn't been, like, there haven't been really many games where it's like, oh, man, Jonas needs to come off the court because he's getting just thrown into the blender in the pick and roll or anything like that. Um, like, obviously, he still has his issues, and him and Ibaka had some signals crossing issues today uh, early on, but, like, three blocks for Jonas. He had that one where he just completely swallowed up Reggie Bullock at the end. Um, he rebounded incredibly well. Like, yeah, Jonas has been awesome, man. And I like. I he had the one on Blake Griffin too, where yeah. Blake Griffin tried to go up and dunk it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, Drummond ended up getting the offensive rebound and putback, but um, that was a great play too. And I think one thing that's so key to him now in those closing minutes is the Raptors are able to close out possessions with the defensive board, which mm-hmm. which was the one thing they were sacrificing when they had to go, you know, with. Baca at center or, you know, Pirtle at center. That was the one thing that that was a concern. And now if JV can close games and clean up these possessions and end the possession with a rebound, um, it just makes things that much easier for the Raptors in the clutch. 
Yeah, and having Siakam out there is pretty good too. He's he's been re- rebounding pretty well as well lately compared to what he was like last year. Started this season, he had six boards tonight. Um, like he's not like an incredible rebounder, but I'd say he's probably average for first position. So that just it boosts that ceiling as well. Because Ibaka even at the four is like not amazing. Um, and like there was a lot of Ibaka hate for, for after tonight's game, and like understandably so, he was terrible. Um, obviously got ejected. It just didn't seem like he was all that interested. Second half of back to back, all that stuff. I talked about this on Monday, though. Like, I don't think this is any sort of thing where it's going to linger on or anything like that. I think it's Serge Ibaka just kind of coasting through a part of the regular season that a guy like him is probably liable to coast through. Um, but, yeah, no, this was a... Uh, He's a smart bet. He's just yeah. saving up for Houston. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, now the Raptors uh, play Houston on Friday, which we'll preview uh, tomorrow and Thursday. But um, any other stray thoughts from this game? I, one I have is that... Um, DeMar only seems to throw down poster dunks in crunch time, which I think is, like, that has, he has to be the only guy who, like, reserves his... Like, he must have the highest percentage of poster dunks that come within, like, the last five minutes of close games, right? Because, I like, I think, like, his last four have come in that situation. He had that one against the Bucks last season in game six against uh, Thon McCurr. He had the one over Tristan Thompson in, like, the second game of last season. He had the one over Rudy mm-hmm. Gobert as well, which I'm pretty sure was late in that game. Like, yeah. it's kind of nuts that uh, he saves these dunks for, for this. And I'm not sure if that's like a conscious thing or anything or, or if it's just, like, uh, like him just kind of going back into the bag of tricks when the, he's most desperate for something that, like, he used to be really good at. I don't know what it is, but... Uh, it's unbelievable that he just keeps pulling out these insane dunks in, in like the most high leverage situations. Demar is the most interesting man in the world. He doesn't always dunk, but when he does, it's to end people's lives in crunch time. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> uh, anything else from this game that you wanted to uh, touch on? No, I think that's a good note to finish on. Yeah. Um, Fred wasn't great, but shouts to Fred for making that shot at the end. Uh, I tweeted in the middle of overtime, take Fred out for CJ Miles, and they did it for a second, uh, for like two possessions, and then CJ went back to the bench. Um, and, and Fred proved me wrong, proved a lot of people wrong, because I think a lot of people were calling for that switch to be made, but, uh, shouts Yeah, they were playing offense, defense, but I think it just worked out at the end that, you know, off, off the, yeah. off the Pistons missed that, you know, you you don't want to. Yeah, you're not. Uh, time anytime, you just want to hit them in the open floor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and shouts to Norm. I mentioned Norm already, but really ha- glad to see him kind of get back. He had a dunk too, which was nice to see. Didn't force absolutely. too much. He had one uh, after he made his first shot at the game. He had this sort of crazy drive that was a little out of control, and I was like, oh no, <laughs> old Norm's back after one made shot. But uh, I thought he would play really within himself for the rest of the game. So that was really great to see too. So. Um, not the prettiest Raptors game of the season by any means. Not their most convincing win, but certainly I think one will probably remember more than you know ninety-five percent of the wins this season. Which is uh, there's something to be said for that for sure. Um, Vivek, thanks for coming on, man. Your second appearance of the week, man. You're just uh, racking up these appearances, but we love having you on. Do you have anything you want to plug right now? Uh, I'll have uh, something up. Uh, for b-ball breakdown either tomorrow or day after on isaiah thomas and where what what kind of his options may be in the offseason right on oh that that'll be interesting uh that that, that's a that's a different yeah it was was a fun one to write because i was like hmm this is china don't know how this is gonna go (laughs) guang dong yeah (laughs) uh all right man Thanks for coming on. Uh, everyone, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, if you have not yet signed up your team, 
Uh, you can still sign up a team for a Hoop Talks NBA Trivia 3.0 tomorrow night. Uh, if you're here listening to this Thursday morning, it's Thursday night. 7 o'clock are the doors. Probably start around 7.30, 7.45, something like that. Uh, at the Pint 277 Front Street West, it's free to sign up. Sign up a team of three or sign up as a free agent, and we'll put you on a team. Uh, I'm really excited about this. It should be a lot of fun. Lots of listeners that are going to be involved. I like dealing with the listeners, dealing with the listeners, talking with listeners, and meeting with listeners, um, and just sort of shooting the breeze and having a good time, and you can win tickets to future Hoop Talks events as well uh, when you come on out. So uh, excited to see everyone who's already signed up, and if you haven't, make sure you do it. It's going to be a blast, and it's free. You can just buy beers and do trivia. There's there's no downside whatsoever. Um, so uh, do that. Sign up. The, the link is in my pinned tweet on Twitter. Twitter. Um, and until the next time, you can follow me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. Go to LockdownRaptors.com for all the latest episodes. Uh, and uh, subscribe, rate, review, all the stuff I've asked you to do a million times before. I'm really tired, so I'm going to wrap this thing up. And uh, Vivek, thanks for coming on, man. And we will talk to you guys next time on Locked on Raptors. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.